Hello, welcome to this 2021 ServiceNow Predictions podcast. My name is Chris Pope, VP of Innovation at ServiceNow, and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Mike Bagembe, Big Data Evangelist. Hi, Mike. Hi, Chris. Good to see you again, or good to hear from you again. Yeah, we kind of got that Zoom thing going on again, right? So uh, anyway, so in this chapter, I think, you know, what 2021 really looks like of this reality for us, we've, we've learned a lot in 2020, not only in terms of how our organizations work, how our teams work, how individuals work. You know, we, we discussed previously around, you know, some of those things of introverts, extroverts, and where people get their energy and so on from. But I think one of the things that's fascinating to me, and hopefully I put myself in this category, is, is from a leadership standpoint, you know, what type of leader do we expect people to be in 2021? And, and even beyond, I would say, right? You know, there's a lot of lessons learned. Uh, I know myself, <laughs> sort of looking back retrospectively and, and managing the team, we have you know if uh, what that looks like going into next year and things are different as we all know right but you know as as we start to look at this change has started by the pandemic how far will it go how how much more change in a way will this you know provide us with and I think you know if you could look into your magic crystal ball that we all know you have uh, and could sort of make some some predictions that maybe we would bet on. You know, what do you think would happen in this space from a, you know, if you ask the question outright, what type of leader will you be in 2021? How would you how would you look at that, Mike? Yeah, no, I think it's it's a great question because whilst um, uh, the pandemic has forced a lot of changes, let's say digitally, I think inevitably we will see a change in leadership and leadership style. The command and control style of, of old, uh, in, in my opinion, just cannot function in this, in this environment. Um, not only are we having to do things more remotely and uh, you know, in a space where that approach, that approach really requires you to be present at, at, many, in, at many times, whereas now working remotely, for which people are appreciating and enjoying more of, I can't see how that would work. But another thing that's happened in 2021, um, uh, which has also has digital contentions as well, is that the world has inevitably become more social. So social justice will be a very big part of the agenda. Um, and, uh, um, and, you know, so looking at things, whether digitally or from a leadership style, those are things you're absolutely going to have to consider. So, you know, what, what's your approach to social justice or injustice, diversity and inclusion and belonging? Um, how do you do that remotely? Uh, uh, you know, and... Um, so I think those are the big changes which I'm sort of talking about at the top level. And we can probably go down into a bit more detail if you like, Chris. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, the workplace in, in a way has just been turned on its head, yeah. right? All norms that we knew about. And, and I think as well, right? I mean, it's been well documented this year, all the different things that have gone on around the world. And, you know, it's as we head headlong in what five weeks into brexit goodness knows what you know it's almost a pleasure to or even a blessing to go back to talk to something that's not covid related right, that's right. and this transition that we've had of remote working has taken that likely would have taken years and some wouldn't even have got there it's taken weeks right and we've had that as a forcing function which is fantastic yeah. um so you know i think you know some of those traditions that have happened have gone they've been taken away yes and i think how do you i guess from your view how do we 
sort of exploit that in a way as an opportunity, not sort of go ambulance chasing, if you will, or, or at the expense of other things. But, you know, we're in this mode of, of almost agility and resilience. How do we make the most of that going forward? I think that the first thing is something you mentioned in a previous discussion we had where you said, um, instead of saying this is the new normal, you just said this is reality. Um, and even if you look at coaching approaches, where, let's take the, the grow approach, which says starts with your goals. And then the next thing is understand your reality. If you look at a GPS before you can understand how to get from A to B, you have to understand you are in point A and understand the context of point A. So um, a, a big thing that I think leaders are going to have to do, and you can see this with leaders who are struggling to do that, is accept the new reality, accept today's reality, right? Yep. Uh, and those that are struggling to accept today's reality and trying to stick with, you know, um, old ways of working are, are going against the grain, you know, it's, uh, and, and that'll be difficult. Imagine an employer today being told, no, you have to come into an office uh, uh, if you're looking for, and if you're in a position where you're looking for a role, a new role within a company, you've got, okay, the world is going in a place where we're probably going to be working remotely more than we are physically. Um, yet this company is forcing me to be present in an office. It's a, it, it creates a really different paradigm for choice uh, of, of, of who you want to be led by or how you want to be led. So the, first, the big thing I think to your question is let's acknowledge today's reality as, as a big point. And I suppose on, on the back of that, instead of, you know, cause you can acknowledge a reality and then react strangely, you can panic, um, but acknowledge today's reality and embrace it rather than panic, I'd say, because uh, there's a lot of tools that are available to make this reality an efficient place to operate and to produce it so yeah it's it's funny you mentioned right at the beginning there the whole command and control concept right yeah um it's really interesting in that you know there's there's been a lot of research and a lot of studies done where you know that that classic of if i can't see you or you're not in the office then you can't be working you know that's that's just been <laughs> blown apart right it's when you think about it and I think you're right in that how how we sort of move forward from that and understand that. But at the same time, um, yes, we're not commuting. Yes, we're not traveling so much. That doesn't mean we have more time for meetings. Does it actually mean, you know, um, I've got more time for critical thinking, strategic yeah. thinking, you know, and it's no secret. I've been a big traveler in the past and spent a lot of time on planes and you know, those eight, 10, 13 hour flights I used to take, they were times when I would think that was my time where I couldn't right. be interrupted or I'm in such control of it where there's no Wi-Fi and I want to binge a movie, I binge on movies, you know, or I want to think, I can think. So I've had to find replacements for that. And, and as a leader, you know, luckily where I live, I walk the dog a couple of miles every morning and, you know, I'm always texting myself with all sorts of weird and wonderful things. It might become nothing but that's where I do my critical thinking as a leader yeah. and then sort of can engage with the team, if you will, in a much different way. So I think, you know, the, I guess one of the dangers is, is if we think, you know, we go back to an office environment, let's say magically, you know, this time next year, I guess one of the worries would be is that the, the fear or, or the, the people try to put things back the way they were. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's, that's quite concerning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, that that is really, really worrying, I think, particularly since we've seen that we, we you know, we, there's, there's a lot that we can gain from, you know, the reality that we're in right now. And I think we should be trying to take advantage of that, of that rather than move backwards. There's a lot that we've seen 
you know, people have, me personally, I can say I connected with my family, um, you know, with my children, with my wife. And um, it really let me know in a crisis, who do I want to be trapped with? And I'm very, very blessed with the, the <laughs> that, I've been, that I have, you know, to, to, to be able to do that. So I think there's, it, it would be too scary to go back. There's a couple of things you said there that are really interesting, by the way, about the airplane being your, uh, your thinking space. Um, you've been really lucky because I, I'm, a, I'm also been traveling a lot. And uh, I just know the moment I'm getting on a plane, I'm going to be sat next to a talker. For, for some reason, <laughs> that's always just, no matter how big the headphones I've tried or small the headphones, I'm going to be sat next to a talker. And I just, it's just my luck, you know, and I, I, even on flights to Australia where we've connected, let's say in Singapore or something, yeah. and I've gone and said, can I change my seat? Because I know this person is going to be on the same, <laughs> on the same connection. And then I end up next to another talker, you know. And so there's no yeah. thinking that goes on for me on, on airplanes. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, that's pretty funny. It's it it happens. I think you know I'm I'm pretty socially inept deliberately when I <laughs> when I travel. I sort of keep myself to myself, and maybe I don't know if it comes across as rude or obnoxious. I'm not sure, but yeah, it, it's a tricky one, you know. So for me, that's how you know I've replaced those times and things, but also. Even then, you know, there are um, within our team, we do very often, you know, just ad hoc calls or catch ups. And we could be talking about anything and everything or just leave it on in the background while we're working away. And, you know, just that classic way you were used to be sat together or near each other. And you'd sort of look up from your laptop or your desk and say, hey, Mike, you got a minute. Just think about, talk about. And you just sort of, you know sort of riff on ideas if you will we've tried to do a little bit of that using zoom and different things and someone comes in and goes out and jumps on a customer call or comes back and one of the guys you know he's been doing the nhs volunteering thing so he's always got some really interesting stories to talk about and i think that breaks it up but then makes us all think about things other than just work right and that does it work that. it does it gives us a lot of headspace where someone's buying a house at the moment um, you know, this one guy's done something like 400 hours of volunteering time. Um, and we've got, you know, people in Melbourne and Sydney who just this morning, you know, the city's back open again. So it's really interesting. And, you know, people think about things in different ways, which is quite it. interesting. So, it. yeah, yeah it, it, we're lucky. I think we're very lucky. Not everyone's that fortunate. So, Chris, you know, I I think Sorry, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you there. there. There was something you said earlier about critical thinking, um, which uh, I'd like to just spend a bit more time on. Sure. Particularly as we're talking about what the new leader would look like. I think there's going to be a shift in knowledge um, uh, for leaders that the, the same way of thinking before can't apply now. So it's not just the command and control style, but even the way of thinking, I think leaders are going to have to be, you, you mentioned the term dig digitally literate. You know, I also think they're going to have to be data literate. We, we're, mm -hmm. we, we've always been heading into a world that is increasingly machine driven. We've now accelerated into that world. Um, so to be a leader that doesn't understand at least the benefits that those provide, the operations of those, or even just like how do you, how do you make the most of that technology will we'll put your team and your organization at risk. You know, you, you, you're right now... Um, the, the, we were looking into the future thinking, you know, like the marketers of the future, the, the exec CEOs, the C-suite of the future would have to be so much more um, uh, digi digitally literate and data literate. But we used to project that to 2030. That's here now. Um, so that shift in knowledge is going to have to happen really, really quickly because for an organization to thrive and survive, they're going to have to be digital. 
that's yep. just the inevitability of today's reality. So. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think, you know, one of the interesting thing is having a, a geographically dispersed team has really allowed us to, you know, okay, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I'm the manager of the team. Okay, so what? You know, I approve expense reports, or not anymore, actually, because nobody's traveling, right? <laughs> but bits and pieces. But I think what it's allowed is all the individual voices to step up at different points to do different things and own different things that that maybe they didn't do before. Um, and I think, you know, what we talked about previously, this, this sort of introvert, extrovert thing as well, where Zoom has given people an equal voice, almost in terms of volume. Whereas if you're in a room, you know, larger than life characters fill the space quite often and others don't necessarily always feel comfortable doing that. And I think, you know, that's been really interesting, but also there is a particular person on our team who is, you know, she is a data nerd. She loves it. She does all our reporting, all our dashboards and often comes back with these insights that we just didn't know about, but she's had that critical thinking time. You know, she's at home, she's quite happy, you know, she's got a cup of tea and doing what she's doing. And she's got time to look at it and scrutinize it versus running around from one meeting to the next and so on. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that that's been hugely beneficial for us in terms of seeing the data and having time to actually think about it of great, it's blue or it's red or it's green or it says 10 or 100 percent, whatever. But what does that really mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. Don't take it at face value. What and if I did less, but it was better, would that be better? Probably, you know. Yeah, no, I think those are those are really and and also add to that because everything's digital, your results are going to have to be quicker as well now. So that lag time that we had or that we were afforded in the past for some delayed results, uh, it's going to have to be significantly quicker. The consumer expects it quicker, and therefore the the workplace is going to have to expect those results quicker. Yeah, and would you? I guess on that though, right? Would you? You know, a lot's been made historically of things like fast fail. Yeah. you know, in, in, in decision making. I'm wondering if this has afforded us, like we've made positive decisions at times in procurement of things and deploying new services and whatever, has it also given us the ability to stop things quicker that maybe we shouldn't be doing? Or the insights the data's given us now is obviously better than it's ever been. But, you know, traditionally, you know, you'd probably do two sprints, three sprints, maybe 30 days. Maybe we're in a seven to day window, seven to ten day window now, where you can just say, "Look, the data just empirically tells us this is a bad idea. Stop yeah, the buttons." Absolutely, know? I, I would, I would definitely hope so. So, if you, if with any experiments that we used to do previously, you know, well, with any, in, at any stage, you're looking for statistically significant results, and that typically comes in when you've reached um, a, a certain type of delta between the the. The, the two experiments that you're running or the, the N experiments that you're running. But in order to get one that was statistically significant, you needed a volume of people who are going through of users or of instances or observations uh, in order to make that statistically significant. However, because everybody's online now, that's a massive volume and it's moving much faster. So I do think we're in a position where we will get, we will get quicker results on, on a lot of the tests that we're doing. That's, yeah, that's great. I love that idea. Love it. Well, brilliant. Mike, thank you so much again. Uh, we'll bring this chapter to a close. Uh, and thank you for listening to uh, our musings and ramblings on on this topic. So uh, without further ado, my name is Chris Pope, VP of Innovation at ServiceNow and joined today by Mike. Thank you, Mike. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers.